Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. This is weird, isn't it? We're in the same room. I'm so excited. This is the first time we've done this face-to-face in a non-socially distanced... We were quite socially distanced, I'd say. There's probably, what, a metre and a half between us at the moment, which mm. I think is in keeping with current government guidelines. But um, we're in the same room, as you say. It's exciting. It's, it's good to be back. I've got my thermometer. Mm. Uh, I thought I could take your temperature. Yes, please. Okay, I'm just going to turn it on. So what temperature do you think you are at the moment? Uh, I think I'm 36, 36.3. You say 36.3? Yep. Do you want to change it? Do you want to go higher or lower? I'm confident. You are (laughs) 36.6. That's weirdly close. Not that close. Okay. I mean, remember, the range of temperature isn't isn't that much. Mm -hmm. Do you want to do me? Yeah, go on then. So do you think I'm going to be higher or lower than you? Oh, for sure, higher. Really? Because remember what I said, I I tend to run low. Oh, yeah, no. 35.2. 36 point seven. You're the same. You're one above me. I've, I knew you'd be higher. I've got a bit of a cold. That's uh, uh, that's oh, why. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That to me is like a high fever because, as <laughs> I say, I run, I run low generally. That was exciting. Maybe we could start every podcast like that from now onwards. We should do it with my thermometer, where you have to wait about thirty seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Add to the drama. Now we're not wearing um, face masks. No, we're not in a shop, are we? No, or no. And it's also before the 24th of July oh, because yeah. you, can, you can go in shops now and breathe all over everyone Fine. and everything. But the second the 24th of July rolls around, that's when it has to start. That, that's when the benefits will, will happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to say I am wearing my face mask in shops at the moment. Me too, I but know. no one else is anyway. Know, but anyway, yeah. um, I think part of the reason I think I'm so keen to wear the mask is I, th- I think people like me better with the mask. Because they think you're good for wearing a mask, or you think no, your I just face think, looks better. I think, think my face looks better. I have found that my interactions with people whilst wearing the mask have been a lot friendlier. People are, seem a lot more receptive to me. That's depressing. Well, you, yeah, I know. <laughs> you're saying that your face has affected how people interact with yes, you. Yes, yes, that's I exactly what I'm this. saying. I don't believe it. I am on Thursday going to the barber. Oh, nice. Mm. To have a haircut and beard trim? Or? Well, I don't think you can get a beard trim at the moment. Oh, okay. It's certainly not at the barber I go to. They're not offering that service. Okay. Um, but I'm 
I'm really looking forward to it because I've walked past a couple of times and the barbers wear what look like welders masks. I know. They look amazing, don't they? It's great. I mean, I'm hoping that I don't feel stirrings towards my hairdresser because I've never looked at her in that way before. But if I see her in the welders mask, I might sort of start thinking about flash dance. (laughs) Very sexy, yeah. (laughs) A few people... um, I noticed on Twitter and elsewhere, have sent us in recent weeks articles about the banning of small talk at barbers. Mm. So the the guidance is that hairdressers should keep unnecessary conversation to a minimum, which, of course, as a drifter, is exactly what you want to hear. And I was so delighted that so many people saw that article and the first person or the first people that they thought of Mm. was us. Um, So... Here's what I was thinking of doing. Mm. I was thinking of tipping twice my usual amount. Right. In the hope that she gets the hint oh. that the less she talks, the the more of a tip she gets. You're giving her hush money in effect. <laughs> Literal <laughs> yeah, yeah. hush money. Yeah. So we'll let we'll see how that goes. Um so that's all that. Just one other quick thing. Uh, a, a pretty driftery thing happened to me today. Mm-hmm. I bumped into Eve, our babysitter, okay. in the street. Um, she had just been to Five Sapphires, the local shop. Okay. Somebody on, on Twitter tweeted me about having been to Five Sapphires. The oh, other really? Day. Yeah. I think it was Emily. So it's become um, a destination for drifters. To go to one drifter. Yeah. How was her? And to be fair, she had she had been getting a haircut next door the day before. Right. I, I can't remember. She didn't say anything about a social uh, interaction, but she did say, I think she got uh, some almost out of date cans of pop. Of course, from yeah. there, mm. probably from a multi pack. Um, anyway, why was I mentioning? Yes, yeah, so, so so I bump into Eve, who is uh, I, th- I think like thirteen, fourteen year old girl who babysits for us sometimes and um she's been to five sapphires to buy some chocolate to make some rice crispy cakes i am wearing a cycling helmet and i'm about to go on a bike ride mm-hmm. i feel that my interaction with her is better than sarah's it's uh, <laughs> okay i just think me and her have real you know we've we've got a bit of a click okay i talked to her about her interest in k-pop and Korean culture generally. Oh, right. That's yeah. what she's into. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think I have just got the knack of talking to her, you know, in a grown-up way mm-hmm. without overdoing it. I think Sarah overdoes it a little bit. Okay, okay. I just, you know, to keep it very, very low-key. So, in other words, I think one of my successful interactions in life, mask or not, is with our babysitter. Anyway, so we're, we're having a chat today. She's off to make her Rice Krispie cakes. And as um, as as she says goodbye, she says, well, enjoy your bike ride. Mm-hmm. And I say, you too. Oh, no. Oh, no. And then I have to say, I mean, not, not bike ride. Oh, no. I know you're not going on a bike ride, but enjoy making your Rice Krispie cakes. You've ruined it all. I've all, not told all Sarah. <laughs> All those months of your K-pop chat. It's all all down the toilet. (laughs) Do send us your stories. 
of social ineptitude, uh, you can email us. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. This is from Alex. At the beginning of this year, I started working for a local council in London based in a notoriously labyrinth town hall, which I had to visit for the first time to collect my new work laptop. I had already suffered several embarrassments by the time I was on my way out of the building. I got lost immediately after arriving and had to beg someone to show me to the IT desk. I then had to ask the IT man not to leave without me so he could show me how to get back out. And still, I got lost yet again on the last leg of the journey. I finally approached... I finally arrived at some lifts I knew would leave me out and felt blessed relief. Except, as I approached the lift, I realised I'd forgotten whether I was supposed to go to the first floor or the basement for the exit. First floor or basement? First floor or basement? I turned it over in my head and was pretty confident it was the first floor. As I stepped into the lift, a woman who worked there also got in. There was a set of buttons on each side and I hesitated, staring at the buttons closest to me. My previously found confidence about the first floor already left me and I must have looked obviously confused. The woman helpfully offered, do you want the basement? And pressed the button. And of course she was right because she worked there. And how would you, um, how, how would you have an exit on the first floor anyway? <laughs> yes, please, I said. But my hand was still executing the previous decision to go to the first floor. And so I pressed the first floor button anyway. <laughs> Obviously a weird thing to do, having just told her I wanted to go to the basement. I tried to excuse myself saying, whoops, wrong one, shifting the blame to my useless clumsy fingers rather than admitting the inner turmoil of a drifter. This did mean we both had to stand next to each other in silence as the lift opened its doors on the first floor. People walking past looked at us, wondering what kind of strange floor-by-floor inspection we were doing from the lift without getting out, before we continued our journey down to the basement. By the time we reached the basement, I was feeling thoroughly embarrassed and a little flustered, so I strode out of the lift, glad to be leaving the situation. I quickly realised my mistake. We were in the underground car park, but I had not travelled there by car and I knew there wasn't any pedestrian access to get out this way. But after all my dithering in the lift, I couldn't bring myself to admit my my mistake to the woman in the lift or let her see me just turn around and get back in. So we both walked out into the car park, she presumably towards her car, and me towards my imaginary car in the same direction. (laughs) There were no places I could turn off to escape. So we walked parallel to each other with a row of parked cars between us. I frantically tried to think how I could turn back and still save face, but I couldn't muster anything. Several minutes passed, which felt like a very long time, and we continued walking. This kept going and I couldn't work out what to do. Just pretend to start getting into a car until she walks away. No, you're set off the alarm. Just slow down your pace so she goes a bit ahead and then you can turn around. No, because you'll do it just when she arrives at her car and she'll see you walking the other way. Also, after my audible performance in the lift, I also became increasingly worried that she might think I was following her rather than going to my non-existent car. We kept walking and I simply couldn't formulate a better plan. There was nothing else for it. When I passed a pillar and briefly lost sight of her, I ducked down and hid. (laughs) I waited there for several minutes, crouching behind a car and hoping she would get sufficiently far enough away that I could get back to the list without being seen. I travelled the first little stretch back, still bent back between the, uh, behind the cars, just in case. And then, what it felt like I'd put enough distance between us, made the final dash back to the lift. 
I thought about quitting this new job all the way home, <laughs> just on the off chance that I might at some point be expected to account for this entirely bizarre behaviour. Fortunately, this hasn't happened yet. As I was listening to that, I mean, it is uh, reassuring and uh, worrying that I was just thinking, oh, you just need to squat down behind something and then just stay there until you hear a mm. drive away. Mm-mm. I mean, is, do you think non-drifters... That would be their reaction in that situation. No, they'd say, oh, you know what, wrong floor, and go back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I just need to go to the toilet, that's worse. Was your know. first instinct, oh, he just needs to squat out of sight? <laughs> I would have been in similar panic, like, yeah, what can yeah, he do? I think, yeah. I think he did the only thing he could. Of course, yeah. Poor man. Uh, this is from Johnny. Um, for those of a sensitive nature, this features a bowel movement. Okay. A couple of years ago, some friends and I went on holiday to Latvia. One sunny afternoon, as we were walking from the beach to an out-of-town train station, a sudden urge came over me to use the facilities. Only there were no facilities, since we were now passing through a residential suburb without a cafe or restaurant in sight. I couldn't simply do my business by the roadside as we were too overlooked. (laughs) So I ran on ahead and just about made it to the station before my bowels burst. The toilet was in a little porter cabin staffed by an elderly woman who held up a sign asking for a payment of 50 cents. To my horror, my pockets were empty. Unfortunately, she didn't speak a word of English and she wouldn't seem to accept my mimed pleas for lavatorial mercy. So even though going to the toilet had now become violently necessary, Uh, I had to rush all the way back to scrounge some change off my friends. And by the time I finally made it back to the porter cabin, I was ready to explode. Desperate and frantic, I let go of the impending explosion and simultaneously cried out, Oh, sweet Jesus! Drenched in sweat and relief, it dawned on me that the cubicle walls were almost paper thin and didn't even reach up to the ceiling of the porter cabin. The old lady was sitting right outside the cubicle, just inches away, and as she stood on her tiptoes, she could probably even have peered over the top. It occurred to me she could certainly hear and smell everything. I was frustrated that she had delayed my efforts to go to the toilet by demanding payment up front, but she didn't deserve this. After a good five-minute clean-up operation, I emerged from the cubicle and accidentally caught her eye. For a moment, she looked frightened, like she was staring a winter-cold snap in the face. (laughs) Then, upon recognising my own look of shame, she adjusted her gaze to one of pity, a forlorn smile, as if to suggest there was no hope for me, really, as I scuttled away. With my tail between my legs. Beautifully written. Wasn't it? I, I think I could read an entire memoir by that lady. <laughs> I mean, the thing, that, that can't be uncommon. Oh. Like, that is a hardened stance mm. when somebody is about to explode to turn them away for the sake of 50 cents. Isn't it? Yeah. I mean, she's seen something. She's seen it all. She has. She should do that memoir and we'll all buy it. Yeah. I mean, if you can track it down for us, I mean, I would even consider doing a, an episode of the podcast. <laughs> like with the secret waiter. Yes. Oh, the yes. secret toilet attendant. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, send us your stories, please. It's hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle. Yes. I'm ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. Good. Okay. So sometimes it's the tiny things that keep you up at night cringing, and this is one of them. 
So as you know, I was away last week, went on a mini break to Cornwall. It was a last minute thing. Basically, my boyfriend's family own a cottage there and it was free for a few days at the start of the season, basically from when we were all allowed to go away. And Tom's aunt, who's in charge of it, said it was fine for us to go. But could we just do one thing for her, which was buy a new guest book for the cottage? Now, I found this interesting for two reasons. Number one, that they're still using a guest book, like they haven't heard of online reviews and TripAdvisor and stuff. And two, that they need a new one, suggesting the old one was full, a full guest book. Like, I'm slightly surprised that a guest book ever gets full in 2020. But having said that, even though I haven't seen one for a while, I do like a guest book. It's nice, isn't it? I mean, I'm very nosy. Yeah, uh, the pressure of knowing what to write in one is awful. Yes, it is stressful. But I like reading wherever people have come from and what they've said and everything. And they can be useful for top tips in the area if I haven't got the internet and can't go on TripAdvisor. My strangest guestbook experience, though, was when I visited a friend's parents' house in Finland and she was with us and we were just passing through. So just stopped for lunch at her parents' house. So we were there maximum three hours. At the end, the dad produced a guestbook and asked her to fill it in, like name, address, (laughs) comments, everything, just at their house. That's amazing, isn't it? That's great, yeah. Anyway, I'm more than happy to buy this guest book as I'm getting a free stay in a cottage in Cornwall. So towards the end of our stay, we panic that we haven't bought one yet. We go to the nearest town and we find WH Smith's and we get a nice one. It's hardback. It's got pictures of flowers on the front. There's nice cream lined pages with allocated spaces for name, address, comments. And the aunt who'd asked for the book also asked us to write in ourselves to get it going, to mm-hmm. break the ice. Because who wants to be the first person? Nobody. No the, yeah. the pressure's bad enough, isn't it? And because we're the first, I'm feeling this pressure and I don't want to mess it up and I want to write something good. So I spend some time thinking about what I'm going to say. Probably a weird amount of time. Perhaps the longest anybody has ever spent thinking about what to write in a guest book. And I decide upon this. Beautiful, peaceful place. Love the beaches nearby, the flowers at Treebar Gardens and the ice cream at Roskilly's. And I'm pleased with that. Like I feel there's a positive comment about the accommodation, mm-hmm. glowing praise for the area and some tips of what to do. Like I've covered it all. So I get the nice pen that we'd also bought. It's a nice rollerball pen. And I write our names, Annabelle, Tom, Rudy. And then I start on my comment. And it's when I get to the end of the word beautiful, the first word, I realise that I'd forgotten to do the address bit and I'd accidentally started writing my comment in the address area. (laughs) My first thought is, cross it out. But that would mean a mess. Like the first comment, I've I've basically ruined the book. Yes, yeah. So I went with my second thought and this is what has been keeping me up at night. Because I left the beautiful there and then then just added, Snaresbrook, London. (laughs) (laughs) So I put as our address... Beautiful snares by London, <laughs> making myself look like a total, total jerk. What awful person writes beautiful in front of their hometown in a guestbook? It's not like I live in the Cotswold. It's a London suburb. I hate myself. And even though I'll never know the people that will see this, I cringe about it at least once a day. That's fantastic. Did you then have to take the word beautiful out of your comment because you didn't want to use it twice? No, I left it there hoping that people would realise what had happened. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, now last week mm. um, you you asked for people to send in the little wisecracks that are made about their 
job, for example, yeah. that they never want to hear again. And we've we've had quite a few, haven't we? Yeah, so we've had one from Jack, a cinema worker. After he says, enjoy the film, you too. Um, oh, and also he says that a lot of people, a surprising number of people say, this must be a dream job. Right, that, right, like, right, right. That gets sick of hearing yes. that. Oh, a non who works as a GP. When someone says, I haven't been for a while, so I've saved a few things up and then trumps it with, I brought a list so I don't forget anything. <laughs> now, I feel awful because I've definitely done that. <laughs> yeah, I might definitely. have done some variation on it. The other one that I say that I'm sure they hear is, uh, look, I don't think this is really anything, but my wife thought it was probably best that oh, if I come and talk to you about it. Yeah, yeah, I bet they're yeah, sick of hearing yeah. that. Uh, Jen says, I've got a twin sister called Kerry, who I'm hoping will have started listening to the podcast by now because I recommended it specifically for the poo story from last week. And I'm hoping that one day she will tell you her own poo story. Yes, please. The thing people say to twins most often is, are you telepathic and do you feel each other's pain? It's not particularly annoying. It's just a boring conversation to have over and over Mm. again. Jen also says, I'm... All- it wouldn't be boring if either of those things were true. No, they'd be, then it'd be deeply interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jen says, I'm a speech therapist and people always joke, can you do anything for me or can you fix my accent? Which is awkward because I never know how to reply. I sometimes explain that accents mainly differ due to vowel sounds, which are difficult to change. But the listener never seems very interested. <laughs> oh, and Emma says, I used to work in a... If I, that, uh, my, my stop response would be, I can't tell what you're saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, she should do that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, Emma says, I used to work in a well-known coffee chain as a barista. We were told we must always direct customers to the stand with sugar and sweeteners after they pay for their coffee. I lost count of the number of times customers quit back. No, thanks, love. I'm sweet enough already with a wink and an expectant look on their face like that husky dog in the bad joke meme. If they were a nice customer, I'd reply with a polite chuckle, but I'd always cringe a little inside. It is amazing that people still feel that joke is uh, i mean that that felt like an old joke when i was a kid but surely everyone who says that they immediately think why should i say that <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah 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 i don't yeah. think anyone says that i thought that's a good thing to say i think st- people still realize what they're doing uh these are good aren't they um yeah let's should, have more we should get yeah, some more. more of these please uh uh the things that you hear over and over and over again in your job uh you can uh you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com <laughs> got something to show you a photograph of a zoom conversation i had earlier today ready for this yes there's me at the top who are you talking to well whose face is oh, that that's not some, that's not the guy from abba is it yes no yes. Bjorn. yes no Bjorn from abba yes you spoke to him on Zoom. Yeah, for an hour today. What was it for? Um, for the American radio show that I do, the Beatles show. And how was it? It was incredible. I mean, I just um, the other day, like I was talking to my friend Chris on the phone. He said, "You got much on this week." He said, "Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm talking to Bjorn from Abba so <laughs> I'm talking about the Beatles." So I'm quite excited. He said, "Could you just stop and just look at your life for a second? Uh-huh. You get to talk to Bjorn from Abba about the Beatles." That's that's some you know that's ticking a lot of my boxes. That's I, yeah, it's something to be grateful for. But he was uh, he was incredible. I didn't mention to him uh, that 
after we spotted him at Mamma Mia the party earlier this year. Oh, I forgot we mentioned that. That I went and sat in his chair. <laughs> had your photo taken. And held the dregs of his drink. That feels like a real like pre-COVID thing, like picking up his drink, maybe having a little oh, yeah. sip of it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I told him we saw him though, and uh, oh, did you? He, he, he said, "Oh, you know, I'm not there very often." So, oh, we were lucky. Yeah, I said the waiter said you're here all the time. He said, yeah. "No, absolutely not." Why so. didn't the waiter? Why did the waiter make us feel less special when he could have made us feel more special? That makes no sense. Because if I was the waiter at Mamma Mia, like mm. my managers probably said to me, "Look, we want to get as many people through the doors uh, as possible." So you tell them that the yeah, members of ABBA are yeah. in here every night. Of course, of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Presumably. Um, but I really enjoyed talking to him. He was in, uh, he, he's been in quarantine in his house on an island in the Ooh. Swedish archipelago. Nice. And he says he hasn't left the house apart from to go walking in the woods oh, and to go kayaking. Oh, he's living the dream. He's having a great life, yeah, isn't he? Yeah, that's amazing. Oh, Bjorn on his island there. I was really hoping that at the end of the conversation he'd say, because I talked about, like, I'd spent a bit of time in Sweden and uh, I was really hoping he'd say, well, you know, if you're ever in Stockholm, then, you know, we we should go kayaking or go for lunch. He didn't say that. No, he didn't, know. Did you drop any hints? No. A while ago, I interviewed the food writer Nigel Slater mm. on the radio and a friend of mine afterwards said it was embarrassing how much you were trying to get him to invite you to his house for dinner. <laughs> Wow. So, okay, okay. You you, you held so, back. So sort of scaled that stuff. You learned from that. God, I'd yeah. love to go to lunch with Bjorn from I mean it'd be great if it was Benny and Bjorn. Mm. Just Bjorn would be fine though. Mm. Wonder if there are any competitions I can enter. <laughs> I don't think so, no. I think you got as close as you're gonna get, like holding the dregs of his drink in your hands. I think you need to be happy with that and move on. <laughs> Do you remember I told you that story? It was before I worked with you. When me and Pete went for lunch with a competition winner. Oh, yes, yeah. This was in the early days at Virgin Radio. Um, the guy from the PR department says, listen, uh, there's a competition winner who's, uh, who's, who's, who's won a contest to go out for lunch with uh, some top Virgin Radio DJs. Mm. And I've booked as a table at a top restaurant. So he's sort of quite excited thought, how bad can it be? It was back when I was still drinking, so I thought mm. I can, you know, drink through however uncomfortable this is. Um, the 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 guy from the PR department went down to greet the competition winner. Mm. He came back upstairs. He says, listen, we're not, we're not, there's been a change of plan. We're not going to that restaurant. In other words, he booked somewhere really nice. Yeah. He'd taken one look at the this oh. guy and thought, we can't. So we ended up going to remember Planet Hollywood. Oh, okay, right. Oh. 
which was like a it was like the Hard Rock Cafe, but for movies, and mm. it wasn't owned by Arnold Schwarzenegger, Sylvester Stallone, Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis. Yeah, yeah. Although you know how much they actually owned it, who mm. knows? It's probably a bunch of investors, and they were the faces of it. But it was a real tourist trap of a place, and we went downstairs and to to meet the guy in reception. It was. I'm trying to think how I can say this kindly. It, it didn't look like daylight was something he'd seen much of okay. in the, for for several decades. Right. And he was with his elderly mother. Oh. So we go out for this lunch. It turns out that he won the competition by filling in a form and entering, a, entering this competition, sending off a coupon on the side of an out-of-date Easter egg. An Easter egg? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So he'd sort of cut out, cut out the side of an Easter egg box and filled in. It's probably like why I'd like to go for, for lunch with a Virgin Radio DJ. You don't and, get that sort of thing anymore, do you? You don't. That's you very don't. of its time. Also, I think, you know, at the time, Virgin Radio DJs were people like Chris Evans, who was a household name, mm, Gail right, Porter, right. who was a household name. I don't think he was thinking, oh, I'm going to go out with some guys from Manchester I've never heard of. Mm. And then the, the lunch itself was just such a deeply it seemed he 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 was either like very poorly socially adjusted or he was like really furious that he wasn't going out for dinner with a celebrity like he thought he was Mm. because he barely spoke he just glowered he ordered this huge plate of ribs and a mug of tea and would sort of like alternate between the two and then his mum would Try and fill in the awkward gaps in the conversation. Oh. Turned out she was some kind of artist who drew semi-erotic, like fan fiction, okay, of like Lord of the Rings characters and, oh, and wow. Star Trek characters and things. And um, there was I can't remember his name, but say it was Errol. There was this one point where she says, uh, "Oh, Errol, Errol used to do his own radio show." We're like, "Really? Yeah." Um, she says, "Yeah, he used to he used to record them." In his bedroom, then he used to play them while I was hoovering, and I couldn't tell the difference between that and the real radio. Oh. I thought that was nice. Yeah. And then she said, really ominously, "Of course, that was before he lost his confidence." Oh, don't! Just that phrase just hung yeah. there. Oh, that's so hard. It was never explained how he lost his confidence, oh. but uh, I imagine school railings were involved. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, um, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> It's, it's perhaps the moral of the story. Yeah. If I did get to go kayaking with Bjorn from Abba, maybe, maybe it would play out like that. Yeah. So, um, good. Uh, I don't really know how to how to get out of this now, apart from it doesn't feel like a natural ending of this story. Mm. I mean, there wasn't really a natural beginning or a natural <laughs> middle either. Um, but... I could end by saying if you're listening to this in the United States mm. and you subscribe to Sirius XM radio, mm. you will be able to hear. Honestly, it was a brilliant conversation. It was just just a dream to get to talk to him. Um, you'll be able to hear Bjorn Olveus on, uh, an, on an edition of Get Back the Beatles in Britain soon. Quandary Corner at the Glap Clinic in Problematic, which is here. We are reunited in Problematic this week. Uh, Annabelle. Yes. First one's from Jack, who had a podication recently on his birthday, episode 135. Is this Jack McMorrow? It is. Ooh. 
He says, I've just finished. I have finished just after my birthday paying for seeing four different WWE shows in Boston in the US of A. The company who sold them to me and also my hotel reservation couldn't have been nicer. They found out themselves that WWE won't put it on with fans in attendance, something I should have done with my wrestling podcast website page. They've said they'll refund the whole sum of lots of pounds to me about a week ago, but so far, nothing. I guess I should chase it up as it's a sort of money that Scrooge McDuck would swim in. But these guys have been so nice and don't want to annoy them. Plus, their office is very near to my old home in York. So there's an unbreakable bond there too. What do I do? (laughs) Well, firstly, uh, I I want to just tip my hat to you for the mention of Scrooge McDuck. Mm. It's very good. Um, I think a week is, you, you need to... It's you need to leave it a bit longer. Maybe they're processing quite a few of these kinds of things. I think if you don't like them a week, if you do like them a month. <laughs> yeah, I think... think no, two few, weeks, two weeks. Two I, I would say somewhere between two weeks and 28 days. Okay. And you send them an email or you call them saying, oh, just, just checking in um, on how you're getting on with that refund. Yeah. There's a way of doing it that, that's... You know, very low pressure. That I think. Yeah, I think that's always better to do this over email, so you don't have to use your voice. Yes. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, I, think. I think that one's sorted fairly easily. Mm. Um, I've got tickets to what, what, Paw Patrol Live. I should have been Paw Patrol to, Live. I should have been no going idea. to see Paw Patrol Live in oh. Manchester next week. It's been delayed for a year. A year. Oh, he won't be into it in a year's no, time. No, I mean, already he talks a good talk about Paw Patrol, but whenever I suggest putting it on on a Saturday morning, he's allowed it once a week. Mm. He's he's He doesn't want to watch he's it. Lost he's lost interest. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It's all about the Lion Guard now. The what, sorry? The Lion Guard. Okay. Beshti, Kion. Oh, yes. Oh, no. You have mentioned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fooly yeah. and Bunga. Bunga's right. my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. They're a ragtag bunch. They sound it. So the Lion Guard, historically, <laughs> it's a spin off of the Lion King. Historically, oh, I didn't know that. historically the Lion Guard mm. have been like the lions who defend the pri- a gang of lions. Is it like a, a film? Tr- it's, it's, a, it's a TV show. Okay. It's a spin-off of The Lion King. It's on Disney. And traditionally, it's been a bunch of lions, like an elite battalion of, of lions who defend the Pride Lands and the, and the circle of life. Mm. However, you know Simba from The Lion King? I've never seen The Me Lion Me either, King. but um, <laughs> from what I've managed to glean. So we're now, you know, he is now the king. He has his own son. This son is entrusted with putting together the next generation of the Lion Guard. Right. But... He just makes a lion guard out of his friends, so it's not lions. It's a hippo, a honey badger, a cheetah, and a, bu- a bird. So he's in charge, but he just gets all his mates in. Yes. Right. You think this doesn't it sounds like the government, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> but, okay, okay. But I think I think there's something nice about, you know, uh, a, a gang of misfits. It depends if they're doing a good job or not, Well, I suppose, I suppose it does. Are they? They are, from what I understand. Okay, then I'm perfectly happy. Yeah. Okay. Can I just tell you something really annoying? Mm. As I was telling you about that, my shirt caught on the back of my chair and I've just ripped a big hole in it. Oh, you're joking. And it's one of my favourite summertime shirts. Oh, Jeff. Everything's going wrong for Lloydie. First, Bjorn doesn't invite me kayaking. <laughs> now this. Another one? Another publication? Yeah. Not publication. What are they called? Quandary. Mm. Another quandary. This is from Natalie. As you're both parents of small children, I wonder what your take is on rule-breaking children. 
This is very controversial, this quandary, by the way. I'm just warning you in advance. Okay. I'll be very interested to hear what you think. Mm. Whenever we take our daughter to soft play or playgrounds, wherever it may be, there is always a child there with seemingly absent parents breaking the rules. The worst is when they are trying to climb up the slide from the bottom. They just hang around the slide exit area, trying again and again to climb it instead of using the stairs like all the sensible drifters children. I don't mean babies who don't understand what they're doing, just the kids whose parents never tell them to stop doing it wrong. They ruin the fun for every other child there. Luckily, our daughter, also driftery by nature, is old enough just to quietly seethe with anger about it, but say nothing. But some children get quite upset by the inconsiderate, selfish rule breakers. Still, no parents come along to remove their errant child or tell them how to do it properly. My husband and I just sit there quietly seething, secretly hoping they might slip and hurt themselves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure she doesn't mean that. Uh, Although another child, not ours, might just get fed up and push the kid over. Best of all would be if a child just came down the slide full pelt and knocked the kid over. Maybe then they would learn not to climb slides the wrong way. Some kids try and climb up the outside of tube slides and these kids are just as bad, but it's mostly the parents' fault. I have seen so many dangerous actions by kids in playgrounds and their parents aren't even looking in their direction. My quandary is, would it ever be okay to go over and tell someone else's child off for selfish behaviour? I already know I could never do this myself as I'm a total coward, but what is the right thing to do? I suspect that to quietly seethe with rage is probably the only answer for a drifter. As a related question, what do you do when you get to a playground and it's full of sweary, loud teenagers hanging around on the equipment, not letting the little kids play? I feel that it is too dangerous to say anything, but if I walk away, it makes me look like a snobby woman who doesn't like teenagers, when actually I know they're not all bad and they just go there because they don't have anywhere else to hang out. So to your first point, I think the thing to do is make passive-aggressive comments loudly to your child. Like, for example... So... Well, it's it's very good that you know the rules because some kids, they, they don't know and they try and hang around the bottom of the slide and, you know, that ruins it for everybody and I'm very pleased that you're not doing that. Okay. You know, something something along those lines. I do a lot of, no, you go up the stairs and down the slide. That's my yeah. little, that's my little yeah. mantra. Up the... But this is something that's been on my mind for a while, especially now playgrounds are reopened mm. and so that my kid is always trying to climb up the slide. It's a thing for him. But I always say, no, up the stairs, down the slide. And then I saw this today and then my boyfriend took our son out this afternoon to the playground and he came home and he showed me a, he proudly showed me a video of him climbing all the way up the slide to the top from the slide bit. And I said, no, you're not supposed to do that. I went, oh, it's fine. So your son is part of the problem. I know. We're learning I know, but I'm very anti this. Yeah. So we had a small argument about whether it was okay or not. Well, it's not okay, is I'm it? I'm so glad you agree. Yeah, I think it's, not, it's okay. not okay. If there's nobody else in the vicinity, mm. it might be okay, but you're still sort of teaching him that it's okay to climb up the slide, no. which is then going to inconvenience other kids at some stage in the future. And also, if you've got muddy feet, you're making yeah, the slide dirty. Yeah. I'm very anti going up yeah, the slide. Yeah, way. yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, being passive aggressive is good, but only really, it's only really useful if the parents are in earshot because well, no, the kids notice. Maybe you go, well, I'll, I'll try and do a better. I wasn't really prepared. I'm just trying to think more realistically what I would say. Mm. We would say something like, well, we don't go up the slide, we go down the slide because we have to be considerate for all the other children, you know, like that, that that kind of thing. Could you ever go and could you ever say to the child, where's your, 
where is your parent or guardian? Absolutely not, no. And then no. and go over and there, of course. No, I mean, I'm no, just, I'm, no, I don't know why I asked. No, no me neither, no. 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 Um, so I almost did it today. I think so, you're more likely to do it than I, I am I in a way. I didn't, but this girl wouldn't stop petting my dog and I could tell that my dog was getting sick of it. And I came very, and I kept saying, oh, can you stop now? He's really anxious. And she wouldn't stop. And I came very close to going, is that your mother over there and having a word with her mother? But I didn't. I just mm-hmm. didn't. I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. What was the part two of the question? Playgrounds, teenagers. Oh, I, I almost... Um, I, I I go too much the other way. I really because I want, want to a can pr- of cider, guys. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Do you want me to get the off license? For you? I can get you get you anything? Yeah. Um, like I, if if Jean sort of lumbers off towards areas where teenagers are, I sort of let him to do, let him do it because I don't want him to have the idea that teenagers are scary mm-hmm. and. You know, I sort of hover in the background, but I, I'm, I'm very, and and then, you know, if he's bothering them in some way, <laughs> love the thought that your son is bothering a group of teenagers, not the other way around. Well, he's, he's got, <laughs> you know, he's he's not a drifter. He's a confident chap. He is yeah. a confident chap. Um, so to, you know, it can correct itself from one generation to another. <laughs> um, but I, I can then say, oh, you want to leave these guys alone now? You know, they've got to get on with their big kid stuff or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I sort of don't have any problem with him lumbering towards them. And then if he's making a nuisance of himself, then I'll just reel it back a little bit. <laughs> okay. What's your thought on that one? Um, yeah, I'd be the same as you. Like, hey, guys, like, we to get you some condoms. Like, <laughs> kind of white stripe. No, white stripe, red stripe. <laughs> I'd be like trying to get in there. What about what's those things? Those little silver canisters. What's some of those silver canisters? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be trying to get in with them. Yeah, like I'm one of them. Hi guys. Here's a weird thought. Mm. So remember when you went out jogging that time and a bunch of <laughs> teenagers chanted "Run rabbit, run oh, rabbit" at you? Yeah, yeah. Maybe like some of those teenagers have got teenage kids of their own now. Whoa. Yeah. And I wonder what they're chanting at Druggers. <laughs> Did I tell you about our local playground when it reopened? No, go well, on. Well, so when were play- when did playgrounds reopen? So, uh, July the 4th. Right, I know so you were very 4th. excited about I was about excited. This. Now I'm already sick of them, but anyway, go on. So our local park, Clissold Park in, in North London, um, there, this is an area with a lot of parents sort of almost stereotypical there was an article in the financial times at the weekend which was about where you know old hipsters go to have families it was a profile of our neighborhood that's like that's the the sort of deal around here you just you 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 can't swing a what what Swing a kid. You can't swing a kid without hitting a family <laughs> with kid. young children. Much right. sure that's quite the um, expression, no, but no. yeah, we we get your point. Yeah. Um, so anyway, the, the you know the the there was a the anticipation of the playground reopening. The, it was very very high. Mm. So apparently, what happens? I wasn't there, but I've had this report um, from a friend who was. The, the day, that July the 4th, all these parents turn up at the playground mm. and it's not open. What? It's padlocked. 
the council hasn't <gasps> had time to do the necessary safety checks. Oh, I, I can't even begin to imagine. So guess what happens? They broke in. Yeah. They, they smashed they climbed, the fence in. They didn't. Yeah, they like removed a in bar. In this area? <laughs> I can't believe oh, I know, it. I know. I'm shocked. <laughs> and they all just went in. That's yeah. amazing. I yeah. love that so like much. Well, I don't mean it's dangerous because... So so we were in the park a couple of days later and Gene was losing his mind because he couldn't go in the playground. And he's saying, but what are all those people doing in the playground? And I'm saying, they're rule breakers. We are rule oh, followers. You still in wouldn't this let park. him? No. But it was legal. No, no, not until the council uh... had... Uh, not, they, not until they'd carried out the necessary safety checks. Oh. <laughs> to make sure so, social distancing oh, was... Pop- it would have been a dad, wouldn't it? Some There were a couple of dads and they'd literally go on, you, no, you go on, let's do it. It was funny though, because we, we saw people climbing through this, you know, this forced gap in the... <laughs> fence and it was not the type of person that you would normally expect to be um, breaking the rules in such a public way it's like the storming of the bastille And that was our first reunited podcast. Uh, I very much enjoyed um, uh, the stories from Drifters. I very much enjoyed your parts. I very much enjoyed the the lame jokes that people are sick of hearing in their workplaces. Got to be honest, didn't think I was on top form this week. Oh, just stop it! Now. Just a, not one of my better ones, but I can't beat myself up over it. I mean, I will beat myself up over it, but. And then there's this whole business with the ripped shirt as well. Oh, that's the worst bit. Mm. Oh. Do you want me to stitch it up for you? No. Are you good with needle? No, Are you handy terrible. with a needle and thread? No, terrible. Um, what did you did you do needlework at school? Yeah, I did textile CCSE. Don't you remember? What did you make? My mum did my coursework for me, which was a, a kid's dress, and I only got a C, and she was very annoyed. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Oh. I once made a denim apron. <laughs> denim apron. Yeah. Denim. With my name stitched on, stitch on the front oh, of it. Yeah. That well-known apron material. <laughs> Very white clean. What's yeah. the point? I don't know. Um, thanks to Man and the Echo for the backing music and to uh, Emily Harrison for the incidental music, to Carla Gowlett for the photos, Kim Rainey, who designed our artwork. And uh, my favourite phrase from this week's podcast is, of course, oh, sweet. Jesus. Okay, this comes from Emma Galley, who says, Please, can this be podicated to my friend Vicky? I wrote in a previous podcast a few months ago following the sad news of Pete's passing. In it, I mentioned that I had recruited the grand total of one new listener to Adrift well over a year ago. I am pleased to say, despite Jeff's assumption to the contrary, that Vicky is still an avid listener. In fact, she's regularly up to date, so we'll hopefully hear this close to her birthday, which falls on the 13th of July, which would have been yesterday, mm, yeah. um, Monday. Um, so happy birthday Vicky thanks for being an absolutely premium friend premium all in caps mm, nice word it is I had a friend who was really trying to make that happen for a while oh really yeah yeah yeah, Pre- yeah. as in premium friend or just as a 
word as, as in, like in That's that exact premium. yeah ex- mm. exactly that yeah yeah it was my friend alex cossack <laughs> okay <laughs> i knew that detail would make it funnier to you <laughs> yeah. if not to anyone else yeah. um your friendship has been a huge support to me through COVID and I appreciate you always being there to lend an ear and go on a socially distanced walk through one of Manchester's many parks. Hope you've had a wonderful day, complete with plenty of cards and scones and I can't wait to do our next real-life escape room together. So says Emma. I'd like more detail on the parks. Mm. I wouldn't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Um, so, so there we go. That is the latest edition of the podcast, Podicated to Vicky from Emma Galley. If you would like a podication, you can email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. Visit discoversouthcarolina.com. Discover South Carolina. 